Olympic Channel podcast. The experts say he's the most NBA-ready prospect in this draft. The heat around Slovenia's Luka Doncic is growing. So what makes him a big deal? Why should NBA fans be excited? And can he lead his country to Olympic glory at Tokyo 2020? Hello, my name is Ed Knowles, and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Each week we find for you the very best guests, and we get them to go in deep about the biggest Olympic talking points. We want you to think just like an Olympian. Olympic Channel podcast. Coming up, we get behind the lines of the NBA draft with insider Adrian Wojnarowski. There really hasn't been a player from Europe who has the resume he has and has excelled at the level he's excelled at. And we speak to a Slovenian who's played in the NBA and EuroLeague. Boki Nashbar tells us why we should be excited about Luka Doncic. And this court vision and, and being able to see one step ahead and handle the ball well, even though he's 6'7", he's 8", is, is something that we've seen you know, from, from Edge Johnson at times. Olympic Channel Podcast. So who is Luka Doncic? He's 19 and has won basically everywhere he's been. He's won the Eurobasket with Slovenia in 2017 and that attracted some serious attention from the NBA. This year he was named MVP as he led Real Madrid to win in the Euroleague. He's won two domestic league titles and is in the finals for a third. Simply, there hasn't been a European prospect for the NBA draft with this amount of class, probably ever. But you know what? Don't take my word for it. I spoke over the phone to Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN's senior NBA insider. He's been speaking to the people who cut the deals, so I began by asking him why Luka Doncic has caught their eye. Olympic Channel Podcast. They're very taken with how advanced his game is for a 19-year-old, how accomplished he is as a player. The Spanish ACB League is the second-best league in the world side of the NBA, and he has dominated that league as a teenager. And uh, he has played... Uh, at the highest level, you know, in Eurobasket, scoring 27 points on Chris Epps Porzingis and playing great and beating the Spanish team full of NBA uh, players. And I think his ability to do so many things on the court, um, just a great sense of, of winning basketball, great passer, uh, shooter, and, and, and he makes winning plays. It's clear that Doncic impacts winning. And... Um, you know, there really, there really hasn't been a player from Europe who, is, who has the resume he has and has excelled at the level he's excelled at to come into the NBA. I think Ricky Rubio is the closest. You know, Ricky started playing professional basketball around the same age that Luca did, but I, I think Luca is considered a higher-level prospect, and there's great anticipation for him joining the NBA. You mentioned the Eurobasket there, his win with Slovenia. I mean, how much weight do you put on a tournament like that? Do NBA scouts watch things like that and do they really put a lot of importance on something like that? I think that was really a galvanizing performance by him. I, I think what he did in leading Slovenia to the gold medal, uh, you know, again, beat great team, beat a great Spanish team and you know, if you watched him against in the fourth quarter in the championship game, when he's playing with Goran Dragic, Goran Dragic from the Miami Heat, 
you know, who was a borderline NBA all-star guard. And in the fourth quarter when the game was on the line, the fact that not only did Doncic take the game over and take the ball and go and make the winning plays, that Dragic essentially encouraged him to do so, that you would think in that circumstance a player of uh, a player of Dragic's stature would, would you know, would take over. And, and I think the fact that he deferred to Doncic, I think, spoke so much to the respect, uh, the, the, the command he had of his teammates um, and the situation. Uh, I, I think that made a great impact on NBA people. And uh, there's no player in college basketball in the United States who you'd put in that situation and you, you would see that happen. He's just, uh, I think it just was another illustration of how far ahead he is of all his peers. He, he's considered the most NBA ready prospect in this draft. Now there may be players who turn out to be better in the long run, but I don't think there's any question among NBA teams that you put Doncic in the NBA next year and he's ready to play and contribute. It strikes me that the the teams in Europe now are not considered, you know, secondary. I don't think. Uh, do you still think it'll be a hard sell uh, for a European player to the fans of a franchise? I think what's happened with Doncic. I think he's, you know, people in the states who follow the NBA have been able to see a lot of him on video and read a lot about him and hear about him, and, and there's still some mystery to him, um, but I think that, um, you know, he's a fun player to watch, and I think anybody who just watches a little bit of him is excited how he, the, the, the way he uses angles, his, his penchant to hit big shots. He is a, he is a shot maker in crunch time, and, and, you know, so many of the college players, they go to college for one year, the last two number one overall picks didn't even make the uh, postseason tournament in college. Hmm. Um, here's a player who has played championship level basketball. So I, I think there's excitement that I, I think there's always some, uh, and I think it's unfair, uh, some reservation uh, about Europe, European or international players based on a couple, you know, a few players along the way who were drafted high and didn't do well. But listen, there are there are there are players who are hyped in college basketball, American-born players, who are drafted high, and they don't do well. Like mm. like, you know, Europe doesn't have a patent on that. So I I think that Doncic is, uh, you know, he's going to go somewhere in the top, you know, I, I think probably the top four picks in the draft. He could he could potentially go as high as number two, uh, and uh, you know, I think there are a lot of teams who would like to move up in the draft. Uh, to be able to get uh, get access to him and select him. I mean, there's a lot of talk about the number of games in an NBA season in comparison to the number of games played in, say, college, college basketball. Are the dealmakers worried about the number of games Doncic has already played or do they look at it, right, he can hit the ground running with a 80-plus games a season? Yeah, he's played a lot of basketball. He's played a lot over the last 18 months playing for Slovenia, playing for Real Madrid. Um, and he's played in high-intensity games with rabid crowds and defenses built to stop him. And I think his experience, uh, I think, is probably greater than anybody else in this draft. And so every young player has got to make that adjustment to the NBA. 82 games is difficult. And 
you know, you saw this year Donovan Mitchell from Utah and, you know, Ben Simmons from Philadelphia. They they were very consistent through the whole season, and, and both of them got into the playoffs. And so you're seeing young players do it. Uh, I'm sure there will be an adjustment for Luka, but, um, you know, I think – and I think, too, one thing teams will want to see from him when he gets over to the NBA, you know, better conditioning. I think nutrition, um, a lot of those things, I think there's sometimes there's more of an emphasis on it uh, in the NBA um, mm. than, than maybe what he's experienced. And I think his body will start to look different um, as he gets into an NBA program. So as a basketball fan now, could you see genuinely Slovenia with Doncic being a country to reckon with at the Olympic Games at Tokyo 2020? Well, I think Doncic and Goran Dragic, that's as good as a one-two punch as anybody in Europe. And, and I think, you know, the Spanish team, which has been so dominant for so long, you know, we'll see who's left playing for them. They have a great pipeline of players and they'll continue to be a great team. France has great young players. Uh, but yeah, I think Slovenia, you know, what they did in Eurobasket uh, was remarkable. I think that performance um, helped uh, Igor get the, Phoenix Suns head job it showed him in a light as a head coach that gave credibility to him as a head coach um you know he had been in Utah as an assistant and been in the league for a decade and a half and and I think winning that championship helped him become an NBA head coach it helped um it helped build his resume and get the attention of Phoenix Ricky Rubio is a two-time Olympic medalist with Spain. He was a real prospect in the domestic Spanish league as well as proving his worth on a continental level at Euro League. He also had two wins with Spain at Eurobasket. How much do you think you can draw comparisons between Ricky Rubio's CV and Luka Doncic's? Well, I, I think Rubio was comparable. I think because Rubio and Luka were, are both um, you know, they're, they're great passers. They have a flair to them on the court that there's a star quality that Ricky has had at that age and, 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 and I think still has and, and that Luca has. But I think Luca, Luca's been dominant. Um, Ricky wasn't as dominant in his last year before he joined the NBA, the last year, year and a half. But Luca has been one of the best players uh, over there. And uh, I think he comes into the NBA with a lot of momentum. And, and yeah, I, I just think there's great anticipation to see him play. And, and it'll be really interesting to see where he gets drafted and, and, you know, what kind of system, what kind of team, what kind of situation he comes into. Um, I think he'll be better in the NBA if he has great teammates around him. I think if – I don't know that you can build your entire team around him. Uh, I think – He's going to be even better when his passing, when he's got finishers around him and, and his passing can make everybody around him better. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he ends up and, and the kind of role he's going to play uh, early in his career. Olympic Channel Podcast. Thanks to Adrian, a.k.a. The Woes there, and also to Mary Byrne for helping to set that up. So there's little question that Luka Doncic has all the building blocks to turn into an amazing player. But what are the pitfalls of being a hyped European player? Boki Nachbart was in the 2002 NBA draft. That was the one where Yao Ming was the number one pick. 
He joined Ming at the Houston Rockets and was the number 15 pick overall. He never became a household name, but Natchbar forged out a successful career across 13 teams based across both the US and Europe. I wanted to know what Natchbar thought of Doncic. He met Luca when he was just 13 years old. So we set up a chat, and I started off by asking him what lessons he learned from his first years at the Rockets. Olympic Channel Podcast. I had to learn on the on the go, living by myself pretty much in the States. But most importantly, um, you know, I had to learn not to get satisfied with, with my, some of my early achievements, you know, becoming, uh, um, you know, one of the best young players in Slovenia, then moving to Italy, being one of the youngest foreigners in, on, a, on a powerhouse of Benetton, uh, Treviso, and then going to Final Four with Benetton and winning Italian Championship and actually playing, you know, a big role in that team. Um, you know, I had to, once I moved to the States, I had to, you know, really learn not to get satisfied with my early achievements and to, to still go after day after day and to keep improving. And, uh, um, you know, I believe that I, I understood that well, I learned that well, and uh, it helped me, you know, throughout my career to, um, to have that kind of uh, belief that every day is a new opportunity to get better and to improve. And I always try to um, approach basketball as that. How easy, though, is it to, when you've been touted as the big deal in Slovenia you've done all this like really genuine big achievements in Italy and then to go to America and it must feel difficult because no one I don't say no one cares but you know you've got to prove yourself over and again you know those those you've got to put that all those achievements to one side how difficult is it to do that it was different than it is today, simply because we did not have, um, you know, social media. And at least in the beginning, when I left um, to the States, we did not have, you know, you know, smartphones where you could connect with your family any second of the day and and with your friends and so on and so on. So I, I, I you know, I, I was just talking to my friend, my childhood friend the other day, and, and I was saying how I, at moments I felt kind of like isolated on an island, simply far away from home. and. Uh, uh, not having this daily contact with people was was a was a big challenge, um, and I and so that's why I never really felt that um, you know support from Slovenia and the fans. Even though I know they followed me through maybe a, a game a month that they could see or you know newspaper updates or you know online stats that they could see, but um, it was it was definitely a different time. So um, there was a bit of a gap between you know Europe or Slovenia and the States. It's, it's much different now where you can. Um, you know, any second of the day, check on your phone, the latest highlights and stats and, and interviews and so on and so on. So um, it was different, but it was normal at that time. And um, um, I think it helped me to become more independent and, uh, and become, a, um, you know, a grown up pretty much overnight. And uh, I think it helped me shape the, into a person that I am today. So let's talk about Luka Doncic then. Uh, he's won pretty much everything that he's had available for him to win. The Euro League with Real Madrid, uh, the Eurobasket with Slovenia. What, when you speak to people back home or you go back visiting, how popular is he? What do people think of him back at home? I mean, as you can imagine, he's extremely popular. He's uh, at this moment one of the most known uh, or well-known uh, sports figures in, in Slovenia. You know, but basketball, first of all, it's an extremely popular sport in Slovenia. It's uh, especially the national team and the success they, they had last year and the success we've had over the last 10 years. What current or former NBA player for someone in the US um, could would you compare him to? That's a bit of a different question. Um, 
and difficult question simply because Luca is a different type of player. Um, he's got a height, he's got a strong, strong body already, even though he's only uh, 19 years old. Um, and he, he can play multiple positions. And we've seen basketball game changing into that. You don't you don't have you don't necessarily have teams now that have positions set from one to five. You have so many positions that are interchangeable, and that's why I think Luca fits well into this. Let's call it a new um, new new style of basketball. Um, so so compare him to one player would be difficult. Um, uh, not because of. Magic Johnson's greatness or anything, but just because of his play, playing as a high or as a tall uh, point guard, I see Luca. Uh, I see some similarities there. Um, you know, having this court vision and, and being able to see one step ahead and handle the ball well, even though he's six seven, he's eight, is, is something that we've seen. You know, from from Magic Johnson at times. You know, not not definitely not trying to compare those two guys as far as their 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 greatness um, and stuff like that. But I think you understand what I'm trying to say. Um, um, but I think Luca is going to be his own player. We've seen maybe Bodiroga, Ilde and Bodiroga being being a guy like this, but he never played in the NBA, so. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how how far Luca Luca gets, and if he'll be able to to get compared to one of these greats uh, later in his career. But um, you know, he definitely brings something that not many players have, which is um, size. Um, you know, ability to read the game. Um, you know, ball control. He developed his shooting lately, so um, you know, it's it's a combination of a lot of good things. Uh, Goran Dragic of uh, Miami Heat was also in uh, that Slovenia side who won the EuroBasket. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, obviously, but with that one-two, as it were, uh, could you see uh, Slovenia being successful at the Olympic Games at Tokyo 2020? Uh, I mean, you know, it depends what you mean by successful. Like, first of all, making it to the Olympics would be, would be big for us. We never made it before, even though we made it to, um, I, I believe, every European Championships is since '95, and I think four World Championships. You know, to date, which which is a big achievement for our small country, but uh, making it to Olympics would be something that we've, as a national team, never done. Um, you know, whether that national team can can you know get in a fight for for the top positions and, and win one of the medals, it's a it's a different discussion. You know, um, on the one hand, Olympics is a um, you know, some people think even easier event than than. Uh, than a European Championship or, or World Championship simply because you have some countries there that are from representing their continents that maybe are not as good as, as some European European countries and so on and so on. Um, so yeah, the chance will definitely be there. The team is is, is still young. It still uh, has a possibility to grow, you know. But it all depends who who comes in. Uh, is Luca going to be available now? He does, he's probably going to be in the NBA. What, what is Goran Dragic going to decide? He's not, you know, the youngest player anymore. Um, you know, enter Orlando for continue to play for national team. Um, how will, how will some young players develop? That's a question. Um, and also the question of the coach. Igor Kokoshko now is a head coach of Phoenix Suns, so will he still continue to be head coach of Slovenian national team? Is something that we'll see in the future. So, a lot of question marks there. If if everything falls into place and then everything everybody participates, sure, Slovenia could have a chance to to you know to get high and uh, in the in the in the, in the Olympics and to achieve one of those top three spots, but there's just so many good teams and so many good players that every tournament is specific and it's hard to say that just because Slovenia was your best in championship, we're automatically going to get a medal in the Olympics. That's, that's in my opinion, not, 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 not the case. Um, and what do you think, finally, would the party be like in Slovenia if um, 
Slovenia did win an Olympic gold medal at Tokyo 2020. You know, it'd be huge. Um, you know, I, compare, I would compare it to, to what Slovenia, what we've seen in uh, in, in last year's basket. I think the Slovenian fans would would not really make a big difference between your basket and the Olympics. I think they, they see both both tournaments as extremely important. Obviously, having an Olympic medal will have a, a certain weight to it. But to Slovenian fans, uh, you know, uh, achieving success. At all these big competitions, is, is in my opinion, is, is pretty much equal. Um, I think it would have maybe bigger weight with media and maybe with with other athletes and stuff like that. But as far as fans to to being able to enjoy their 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 team uh, competing at the highest level in the in the world, um, it's something that I think Slovenia fans always wanted and always had. They always enjoyed it so much. And when I was playing, they followed us um, in so many different places in, in big numbers and. And I think that will that will just continue. Whether whether we will see eight to ten thousand Slovenian fans going to Japan to the Olympics, that's another question. But um, the reception back home, if they bring uh, one of those one or three medals, um, it would be huge, and uh, it would be fun to to be a part of it. Olympic Channel podcast. Thanks to Boki there, and also to Vanka Cernovic from the NBA for helping to set that one up for us. The draft is June twenty first. We'll find out the answers to a lot of speculation then. So there's an absolutely amazing documentary that's just come out on Olympic Channel and it's called We Are One. It's about the unified Korea hockey team and it's something that's quite close to my heart because I worked on it at Pyeongchang 2018. It was me who did a few of the interviews under the expert guidance of producer Pedro Tembury. It was an absolute privilege to work on and the story is really good and it looks great, the finished article. Here's a clip. South and North Korea have agreed to stage a joint entrance at the Pyeongchang Winter Olympics opening ceremony and to field the joint women's hockey team. And there is their coach, the North American Sarah Ruth Murray, has been given the privileged responsibility of leading the Korean women's team. It is a tough situation to have our, our team be used for political reasons. Yeah, it's, it's a tough situation and we didn't really have a lot of say in it. These Olympic Games will send a great signal of hope for peace to the entire world. So that's out now on olympicchannel.com. Head over to the site to have a look. So before we go, a couple of recommendations for this week's podcast. I would go for the Woj pod. He was our first guest. It's all about basketball. If you want to go in deep with all of that stuff. For a book, well, it's not out yet, but I can't wait for Kobe Bryant's book, The Mamba Mentality, How I Play. That comes out in October, and I'll be all over that for sure. Loads of good feedback from the David Price and Billy Wash interviews. If you want to know what hurts more, physical or emotional pain, then check out our last episode. Rory Murphy got in touch, said it was boss, which is scouse for good. And Sean Peach also said it was great. Lots of people voting on Twitter to say which was worse, and it was 81% who went for emotional pain. Anyway, thanks to Alberto Brunette for helping with Sound Things this week and James Pratt for producer help too. That's it for now. Until next time. Think like an Olympian. Olympian.